0: Love, Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Reverend Trish Hall, spiritual leader of Center for Spiritual Living Metro, the sponsor of The Art of Living Spiritually. At CSL Metro, we invite you to be you with us. We invite you to open to your divinity, Celebrate your uniqueness and discover your pure potentiality as Deepak Chopra would describe it. We invite you to bring your spirituality to every aspect of your life to be mindfully, fabulously you. Together we open to the realization that we are all expressions of one divine creator. We feel the impulsion of spirit and the need to say yes to being spiritual activists growing individually and supporting all other expressions of the divine. And so we invite you to join us on Sundays. We meet at 10 a.m. at the Arlington Arts Center at 3550 Wilson Boulevard, Arlington. And so please check us out at our website, uh, cslmetro.org. And you'll find out what else is going on and what we're featuring at any given time. Uh this evening marks our fourth show and wow have we ever learned a lot. Um we've stubbed our toes, we've fallen I've fallen all over my own tongue. Uh there are all sorts of wonderful things that we've discovered, learned and now we're moving forward. And uh, there's part of me that would like to say oh and we've covered all of those but knowing spirit and the possibilities on anything any adventure like this uh, just bear with us. And to those who have hung in here with us through the hitches and starts, thank you, thank you so very much. And so about collective experiences, boy, this week has been filled with collective uh, experience and a lot of learning <coughs> Excuse me, as well as dealing with shock and disbelief For the whole country, both Republicans and Democrats. No one seemed prepared for the outcome. We all assumed the pollsters had accurate information. As one commentator, Chris Chris Matthews, has said repeatedly, how could the pollsters have been so wrong? So our topic for this evening was selected long before the recent experiences on the election front. And so we'll just have to see how they can be weaved together. The question that was originally to be posed, and it still is vital to our overall spiritual health and well-being, and that is, what brings you joy? And I'll give you a big hint. It's an inside job. What brings you joy isn't something on the outside. It doesn't come from outside in. It's an inside out job. And so the journey to joyful living is a spiritual exploration, a spiritual treasure hunt in which you are assured of discovering the treasure. This evening I am suggesting that we look at our original theme, and fling open the conversation to airing some of the confusion and releasing blaming and confronting what are the stories we've been hearing and what are the stories that we have been creating. By the end of our 30 minutes, we'll wind around to where and how can we reveal joy amid the confused emotions of this week. It has been said that change always comes bearing gifts. And sometimes when we're confronted with change, especially abrupt change, unexpected, unanticipated change, it kind of feels like, where are the gifts? But truth is, change always comes bearing gifts. Our human journey is fraught with contradictions, contrasts, polar opposites, pulling us apart from within. Constantly, we are challenged to decide which direction to go. A sense of hopelessness can seem to invade our innermost being. So we must be rigorous reminding ourselves that nothing, absolutely nothing on the outside can violate the divine within, can rattle our inner self without our permission or invitation. So it is up to us to be mindful uh, gatekeepers of what we bring in. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi had a beautiful saying about not allowing uh, anyone to uh, pass through his mind and leave dirty footprints. And so we have to be careful about who we allow to leave dirty footprints in our mind, in our thoughts. When we dive into the swirl of others' emotions, we are posing an invitation to circumstance. And so uh, we have to be clear about what are the facts? What are the stories about the facts? When we are clear about facts, facts on their own rarely rile our emotions. Our stories and our responses to others' stories about the facts trigger us and often trigger us very deeply. They're based in fear. They're based in stories from the past. They're based in uh, in a sense of uh, hopelessness or helplessness or uh, anticipated uh, negatives. And so we have to be very, very mindful of what we allow into our thoughts and how we involve, how we allow them in. I'm not saying that we should go airy-fairy and pretend that things aren't happening that are happening. Instead, we need to remember what is the fact and what is it that we're building around the facts. Dr. Holmes, founder of Science of Mind, declared all of the power of the universe is with you. Feel it, know it, and then act as though it were true because it is so when confronted with the intensity of some emotions or the intensity of some other people's emotions remember that all of the power of the universe is with you it's on your side so call on it when you you know when things are rising up within you call on it there is a saying in science: mind principle is not limited by precedent. And That's big fancy words to simply declare that spirit or God is not limited by anything that has gone on before this moment, and that actually spirit is not. Actually, it's not. Spirit is not limited by anything because it is the ultimate. And since we are the expression of spirit, we are not limited by our past except to the extent that we engage with it and bring it into the present. So we have to ask that the, a question. Does it serve us to drag the past into our present? We are imbued with the power of discernment so that we can learn from the past without re-empowering it, without giving it present-day energy. So another question to ask, Yourself is what are my choices in this moment? Uh, what are the what are the choices that I'm making in this moment, setting in motion for the future? There's a wise person named Paula Underwood Spencer from the Oneida tra- uh, tradition. She's a First Nations wisdom keeper, and her advice is focus on where you want to end up not on what you want to avoid. So often, especially when we're confronted with sudden change, is reaction is to avoid. And all that does is postpone. And so when we instead select where we want to be, what is our desired outcome? Where do we want to end up? And we place our focus on that, then that becomes our guidance. So that we can work our way through the emotional and physical circumstance around us. Instead of being led by circumstance, we lead our circumstance. Yesterday morning, I awakened and confirmed the pollsters were wrong. All of those educated predictions had hoodwinked the nation into believing their statistics. They made a mistake. And so there, there was a sense of shock and disbelief. And I'm really pleased to report that I didn't go into fear or anger like so many people I know. Instead, I heard spirit shouting to me from within, how am I to be? And then it demanded, what is mine to do? And I felt a call to action. I... Some people, when confronted with change, go into paralysis. And I'm one of those that says, okay, what's next? How are we going to, you know, what are we to do? How are we to be? Uh, what's next to do? And so I felt the call to action. And the first action I was called to was to meditate, to get clarity. In Science of Mind, we have a silly little expression that says, treat and move your feet. And what that means is do your affirmative prayer and then take action. And so I, in that quiet time, I sat with it. Instead of trying to dart away from it or avoid it, I sat with it in order to discern next steps and to remember that it's important to be orderly about our next steps, my next steps. Not to just run off in all directions. To be a mindful observer of what was going on within myself and others. And to remember to decline what's not mine in order to have full energy for what is. And I recognized full on it's all about elevating and expanding consciousness to act and to act on it. Last week, we talked about finding peace in the midst of chaos, and boy, is that a good one for this week, and that we must consciously practice being simultaneously awake, alert, mindful, discerning, open-hearted, flexible, focused in the embodiment of love. In proximity to this week's event, that may feel like a tall order, and yet it is absolutely what's called for and amazingly simple to achieve because it's an inside job. Peace is not something you don not like a hat or a new suit of clothes. It's ultimately a shift in consciousness that you carry with you that is the foundation of your beingness that you exude from you. And on that path to that living, livingness of peace and its companion joy, it is a conscious moment-by-moment moment decision. In every circumstance, in every relationship, it has to be brought to the forefront again. And last week I shared a quote from uh, Peace Pilgrim. There is a criterion by which you can judge whether your thoughts, the thoughts you are thinking and the things you are doing are right for you. And she declared that criterion is, have they brought you inner peace? And I want to expand on that and switch it a little bit. Has, has, Have your thoughts and your actions brought you joy? And I'm not talking about the surface, gee, happy sort of thing. I'm talking about the deep, rich sense of joy and fulfillment. In the co- current political climate, with the media frenzy still stirring unrest and conversations everywhere about this one blaming that one and vice versa, I have to consciously turn away from the turmoil yet not deny what is arising within me. Sometimes it's confusing. I feel muddled trying to sort it all out. And then I remember one of those definitions of insanity. And that's when we try to... um, Try to reason with a situation or a person who is obviously beyond reason, therefore insane. And so, when we try to be sane in the in the face of what may feel insane, it's time to step back. It's time to say, "Well, where am I spending my energy? Is this going to have a fruitful pro? Uh, you know, product of going." Um, of pursuing this. And so there, what I recommend is identify what you're really feeling. It's very important not to deny what's coming up. And it is also really vitally important to sort out between what is coming up that is emotional squirrel versus what is coming up that actually is something graspable, and to bring forward those feelings so that they may be voiced, they may be voiced simply inside you, to you, but acknowledge that something on the outside has triggered that story or that feeling within you. And so uh, become aware of how much energy those feelings are taking from you how much energy is being drawn out of you because of the thoughts, the fears, the uh the angst, all of it, the anger. Anger is a real tremendous energy drainer. And so if those feelings are going on in you, then look at them, acknowledge them, and Assess the amount of energy that's being drawn and then consciously redirect that energy. Consciously transmute it to a positive action. One of the easiest ones on there, one of the strongest ones on that is for you to, um, to look at how can I let my voice be heard And Alan Cohen said, you don't have to raise your voice to get attention. You have to raise your consciousness. So raise your consciousness. Raise it and make it be known. We are going through a huge period of great social change. And so it's important to remain awake, be mindful, add choice, and practice. Always, always practice your spiritual uh, practices. One of uh, Dr. King's home, uh, quotes that I used last week was, one of the great liabilities of history is that too many people fail to remain awake through eight periods of social change. Every society has its protectors from the status quo and its fraternities of the indifferent who are notoriously, notorious for sleeping through revolutions. But today our very survival depends on the ability to stay awake to adjust to new ideas, and to remain vigilant and to face the challenge of change. So we have choice at all times. We have the choice about the impact that this period will have on us and our children and our friends. We have the choice about how we will be And so the question is, will this time be the dawn of compassion? Will it be a rising of peace? Will it be a rising of inner joy? Dr. Holmes wrote a very bold statement that I dearly love. And that one is, the highest attitude of mind. The highest attitude of mind from which all else springs is one of perfect calm and absolute trust in the spirit. The one who can with perfect confidence look into the future and with perfect ease of mind rest in the present and who never looks back but who has learned to be still in his own soul and wait upon the spirit he is the one who will the most completely demonstrate the supremacy of spiritual thought over all, uh, over all so-called material resistance. Be still and know that I am God. Another one of his statements was that we must never set aside spirit. Spirit. We must never let our worldly engagement disengage us from that grounding in spirit that we know that we can rely on, that is the inner guide, the divine guidance that's taking us from moment to moment. It's the one that is calling us to be our highest and best. And so as I said at the beginning wrapping around, hopefully, to how this all links to joy, the source of joy is within. When we encounter something on the outside, in our world, in our environment, that brings us joy or triggers the feeling of joy, it's, it's in those moments that what's happening is that outer experience is... Connecting with what is already known, already in us. That deep joy, that fulfillment, that sense of essence. And when the outer aligns with the inner, then that sense of joy bubbles up and spills over. So what we... You might even call that divine alignment. But when that divine alignment takes place... What could bring a deeper sense of joy than to step up to serving to be a catalyst for positive social change? When the world as we know it is suddenly abruptly altered, we are jarred out of our complacency. Take advantage of the earthquake. That's what it's a lot like is an earthquake because what we've known has been shaken up. And so greet being jarred into awareness. Be grateful that we are jarred into a time of saying, wow, yes, this is our call to be. This is our opportunity. And so consciously choose how to be. Consciously act on what is revealed to you in prayer and meditation. I know I am going to do that and I can't imagine anything that would bring greater joy than to be that catalyst for transformation, transformation individually, collectively, universally. And on a more humorous side, there was a quote from Abraham Lincoln that I hadn't encountered before, but it's certainly fitting and that is elections belong to the people. It's their decision. If they decide to turn their back on the fire and burn their behinds, then they are the ones that will have to sit on the blisters. And so be a catalyst. Be one of the change makers. This is a great time to be saying yes to spirit, to be saying yes the opportunity to make a huge difference, be a positive change maker. And so again, I invite you to join us on Sundays. We meet at 10 a.m. at the Arlington Arts Center at 3550 Wilson Boulevard. Our website is cslmetro.org. Uh, please check it out and find out what else we're doing. We have a Facebook page and then we also have a, um, a meetup. And so you can find, and, uh, Twitter. Uh, so you can find us in a number of social media and, uh, also, of course, the website. And then come back next week. We are on at 8 p.m every Thursday on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so much for being with us.